Sessionable. All right, welcome to Sessionable. Today, uh, it's just two of us, uh, me, Tom, and Liam is here. And I think this is this episode's a bit of a training episode because we're getting our dark beer. Yeah, so dark beer drinking boots on, right? So we're recording this on Thursday night, and on Saturday morning, we're going to be hopping on a bus with Dave's Brewery Tours, going down to Bright Brewery for the Darker Days Festival. And also, I think in other Dave's Brewery Tours new- news, this week, a few days ago, I, along with our producer Lee, attended an Institute of Beer, Faults and Flavours course. Yeah. How'd um, you find it? I really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, I thought we, I thought we could have a brief sort of... Yeah. I'd give a brief review. I really enjoyed it. So, I guess, um, for those who aren't aware, the Institute of Beer is also the agent for the Cicerone course in Australia and New Zealand. And this is sort of one of their one-night courses um, as Institute of Beer, which is um, it's all about, yeah, learning about faults and different off-flavours and in beers. Yep. Uh, it was myself and Neil um, from Institute of Beer that, that ran the course. So I, was, I was the pouring, pouring assistant, yep. um, which was good fun. And I took great pleasure in pouring lots of people many, many, not shit beers, but... I mean, you took a, you took a fairly average beer to start with and then made it worse. That was the one entire One of them point. I actually thought made it better. The phenolic? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. I'd actually drink that if yeah. that was how Carlton Draft came. So, yeah, it was um, eight different off flavours, and then we threw in a couple of bonus ones. Yeah, as we, well. had a, we had a bit of a taste yeah. of uh, two others at the end. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was re- it was hard. You know, it's not it's not an easy thing. You think, you go in, you're thinking, oh, I know what diacetyl and DMS and all those taste like. I'll be fine. And some of them you do. Some of them you... I, I, when diacetyl first came out, I gave it a whiff, and I'm like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Um, and then DMS, I had no idea. Yeah? Yeah. I, I couldn't get that. like the one I... Uh, that, like, um, that makes me gag. I'm really I'm really gag. not sensitive to DMS. It, yeah. I've really got to be searching for it to find it. I can't stand like that cooked corn. Or yeah. That- creamed corn in a can thing and that that's like yeah it makes me want to gag but- buterick was uh buterick that was buterick. uh that was um that was pretty intense that, yeah. well for me as well i actually struggled with that one really so i get it but only yeah. after going back a couple of times for a whiff yeah it's not something i picked up on my first couple of uh, sniffs but the course was fantastic hosted by neil cameron and and liam and uh, at the imperial hotel in paddington there's a pretty advanced group yeah and it was good to see um it was very knowledge it was like half industry half homebrewers yeah so, you know. yeah yeah, and yeah. and some pretty hardcore beer fans yeah. just to mix as well. So um, it was really cool to see, you know, everyone came from different knowledge bases to start with and some people knew about a couple of them. Some people yeah. had no idea what any of them were. So um, but it was really cool to see, I think, at the end, after the second time around, going through blind tasting and yeah. people being able to pick up. Yeah, the second round through, I got, I got eight out of eight. I was yeah. pretty, pretty happy with myself. That's good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, should we jump into the news? Let's do it. Cool. Yeah. So, we've been on this topic a bit recently of uh, large corporate buyouts, especially by AB InBev. It's just another season of it, right? That definitely comes in waves. Mm. Yeah. Um, and this one's a bit of a different one. This is not... They, they didn't buy a brewery uh, in this one, but... Um, they bought the internet. But yeah, um, so I think it's a subsidiary of AB InBev bought a minority share in uh, the website Rate Beer, which is a, a great resource. Um, I've always enjoyed it. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a fun way to kind of find out what people are thinking about a beer. They give more in depth reviews, and what I really like as well is it, it's the first place I go to when I go to another city for where some good bars are because it's a it's yeah. a it's got I think the best network of people for that. But what was really interesting about this buyout is that it happened last year. It was in October last year, right? Yeah, so it was late last year, and uh, they didn't 
disclose it and they didn't tell anyone it happened and it was um the website good beer hunting sort of uh discovered it in an exclusive scoop uh no it got given to them my understanding is that the way i read into it it's almost like someone it, someone found out and they probably approached them and said look we're gonna go with this and it's probably i've got the feeling like it gave them the opportunity to like all right let's just fess up now yeah because ab InBev does a lot with uh good beer hunting i think they, they i don't think it's with good beer hunting itself i think it's with um some of the people behind Good Beer Hunting have a relationship with some of the people at... No, um, well, AB... Because Good Beer Hunting's not just... Good Beer Hunting's not just the podcast and yeah, the, website. And the website. Like, they do, like... Um, Events and... No, and they also do, like, an, almost, like, advisory services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, like, you, you can get them in to yep. help uh, create brands and that type of stuff. So, mm-hmm. and it's, I think it's along a lot of those lines that they're, they work with Goose Island and other yeah. AB and Web brands. So there is a connection there. So I I got the feeling like they, they chose them as someone, well, in the media or in the beer media yeah. that's well respected, but they have a relationship where they could sort of control the message a little yeah. bit. There's the way I read it. The, the, the question that came up after this was the, the question of kind of journalistic integrity, right? But is it beer journalism? Well, that, well that's a good question because I, I, I mean, I, I don't think it is, but at the same time, like... When you say journalism, for me, it's someone's getting paid to write it and there's... And I think still in this day and age, there's a strong sense of ethics about with about that in about journalism about disclosure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And I, who's paying you to write? Yeah, and I, I don't really see this as journalism. It's social media yeah. in a way, right? It's kind of it's a grey area. But at the same time, how would you feel if AB and Bev bought Untapped? Yeah, and it's yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that's the closer. Yeah, and then you know the next step is you know what some of the the brewery's reactions, particularly. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of consumer reaction that I've read. Um, I think people are annoyed. I think annoyed, especially annoyed that it wasn't disclosed. That's that's to me, at least that's um, yeah. that's the that's the vibe I've gotten. It, it's it's not like the end of rape beer, but it is. It makes it sus the fact that it, it, that's you know what yeah I mean? right. Yeah. Like if if you're not you know if you're gonna buy it, just then just buy a steak. But but hiding it kind of makes it feel like there's something shady going on. That's and the so yeah, it was brought out by um, I think it's called Z- ZX, ZX Ventures, Ventures yeah. which is like it sounds like a bond subs- like a bond villain subsidiary company. Yeah, yeah. Right, and um, it's based inside a volcano. Yeah, the Good Beer Hunting article, which you know announced it all, sort of they brand them as a global disruptive growth group. What the what is, fuck what is, is that? that? <laughs> what does that even mean? Uh, <laughs> I'll show you a global disruptive yeah. growth group. Like, yeah, do you just make up? Yeah, it just sounds like a, a, a euphemism. Group of, a group of people who <laughs> getting paid a lot of money to. to, to Fuck shit up. Yeah, is that it? So like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I just the whole thing is. I mean, it, it comes back to what we've spoken about before about corporate strategies, and and are we as craft beer consumers okay with the tools that we use and the the brands that we like being used as part of a company of that size's corporate strategy? Well, um, I mean, I. Th- think what probably upset a lot of individuals is the fact that they felt like it was something they own because it's a peer group not or it's, it's, a, it's a it's a forum it's a social yeah. network it's a you know it's it's and it's kind of like you know like reddit or any of these sort of yeah. forums where they, the people who use it or are active in it have a sense of ownership of it because it's not then it's not a paid service or something and they they feel like they're creating content it'd be like if mcdonald's bought yelp yeah uh, that's a good yeah yeah right and 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 they're like oh we've just bought yelp but like you can still review other re- w- w- restaurants and you're like well i don't know if i want to anymore now right yeah like, yeah because i mean that's the thing so, so and there is some questions about integrity of like are they skewing you know 
how... Yeah, because already the, the, the rate view algorithms are already uh, a little bit um, hidden. So, so you, there's, there's uh, some questions as to exactly how that score, that rate view score comes about like what data is used and they haven't published it i don't think they've published the exact algorithm i could be wrong on that and it's it's hard because like you know it's, it's a bit of the chicken or the egg thing first right like it's like a beer has a really high score on rate beer so it creates demand on it but then how did that beer get that high score yeah and like you know rate beer seems to have a, a big skew to rarity as far as in its algorithm it seems to be and like you it's created this i mean i think that could be i, I don't know if it if it's the algorithm that skews toward toward rarity i think it's beer dirts who skew towards well rarity. that's what i'm talking about this chicken and the egg thing like which ones yeah. come first yeah exactly like and it it's just perpetual it becomes, motion after that there's this thing as well where um so bottle shops start using rate beer um, ratings as a beer you know, cartel was one of the first ones for a while ago. They did it have, years ago, um, yeah. Um, yeah, the rate beer scores rate on beer it, scores. and and I think that also kind of uh, and you know smarter people than me uh, have looked at this um, a bit of confirmation bias where you know you're told this beer is very rare and good when you buy it and you spend a lot of money for it, and so hell yeah, you want to think that that beer is rare and good, and and your your value of that beer skews upwards because you've paid a lot of money for it yeah and uh, or the other hand is you feel really let down because this beer's been overhyped yeah and then you have people going like scoring oh the, well, the, this beer is that awesome because i i need to say it's awesome because everyone else says it's yep. awesome but they don't i think a lot of the time they don't actually enjoy the beer but they no, feel and, like and they'll be ostracized if they don't or, like it uh, i mean there's a lot of problems with rating websites and then because there's the 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 other people one who, of that the where, trolls who where, where people will rate a beer badly because it doesn't live up to the hype and it's like well no but that's not that doesn't mean it's a bad beer it means it doesn't live up to your hype of what you thought the beer was yeah. going in like that's yeah. yeah so the whole thing is look rate beer i don't use it i'm not a member of it i do i do it's view not, it sometimes a bigger thing here and i, I think I untapped think, is the big one in Australia. I think, uh, uh, the reason why it's not as big in australia is because all those a lot of the beers on there especially all the top ones are stuff that we can't get right yeah yeah exactly but you know the the, the rare occasion that a top beer on rate beer comes out here it always goes well like you know kbs or prairie yeah. bomb or any of those beers when stone came out that stuff like... yeah yeah so i definitely people here are using it as a yeah. as a tool for what a guidance to what they want to drink or what they can try and get their hands on and there's a bit of that bragging rights of i've got this beer that no one else can get yeah. and but you know um but you know they've been selling advertising on rate beer for a long time yeah. so it's not like this is the first commercialization of no it. It's um, the first time and the other thing this that, is a bit different, but yeah, it's not like buying a banner ad or something, but yeah. Rate Beer has also said that um, AB InBev are getting the exact same data that any brewery can get if they sign up, basically. So they're not they're not getting... They, they get said, everyone else's data. But they, they said that um, that the, the that at least currently, and that, that's I think the key word, uh, Rate Beer gets uh, the same feed of data that, that everyone gets. AB, AB InBev, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because the way that... They could be a hunting article read as well. It seemed to me it was data was what they were after in the yeah. sale, right? It wasn't so that the forest, like, a, let's control and skew our beers to make sure they're up the top. It's about we, it's a market. We want, we want to know exactly. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's where it, it ties into corporate strategy, I think. And, and that's a bit yeah. the other thing is like people use Google and all these things and they farm so much data. And it's just that next thing. It's like, well, what else are people. Big data is yeah. a big thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I actually think we forgot to say what we're drinking. We haven't even. Uh, talked about yeah. what we're drinking yet um so we can take a quick 
break to, to talk about that. This what is, are we drinking, Tom? So this is the uh, Mayday Hills Thursday. So it's um, Bridge Road's farmhouse imprint, right? Like the photo beer, photo beer yeah. imprint. Um, this is a 100% Britannomyces fermented dark ale with native gin botanicals from Remedy Gin. Have you had any Remedy Gin? I've I, heard I've, of it. I haven't. Gin, yeah. Which is, I'm always, I always like tasting something I've, I haven't had before. Um, you know, and going on the our darker days theme for the for the podcast, uh, it's a dark beer. It's it um, Beechworth is very very close to Bright where we're going to be, and going to be pouring some Bridge Road dark yeah. beers at the Yum. Darker Days Festival. So, yeah, um, including I think uh, one of the favourites of the podcast, um, B Two Bomber, mm, the new B Two Bomber, Mark, Mark yep. Seven. I think yep. we're up to. Oof. Do you know? Is this is going to be about the? Th- fourth or fifth Mayday Hills release? It might even be more than that, because they did a couple of fruit ones. Um, it could, Yeah, it could be around four, four yeah. or five. Yeah. I really love the Yeehaw, the Pale Ale that they that did. That was the, the first, first one. one. Yep. The, the fruit ones, The there was a, a green tea one and a couple of berry ones, I think. I had one of the berry ones. I can't remember which yeah, one. I I, yeah, um, I, I I wasn't as uh, in love with those ones. They were still, they were still very nice. Uh, it just yeah. wasn't as much my thing. Uh, the Brett character in this one is a lot more prominent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I I could be wrong, but I remember being told that this is the same base beer as Dark Harvest. Oh, yeah. Just uh, photo fermented and... Um, Brett fermented. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the... I think it says on the bottle, spent botanicals from the, from the still. Cool. Um, which is really interesting. What alcohol? Because I do get a... I don't know if it's just because we're talking about the fact that there's gin botanicals, but I do get a booziness of it. Uh, 7.5%. So it's up there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, it's beautiful. It is nice. It's very nice. Um, yeah, it's definitely... Um, it's been a little while since I've had some of the Mayday Hill stuff. And so the early ones, especially that Yeehaw, was a, quite a mellow uh, Brett character. And this one's definitely pronounced a lot more. So I'm not sure if it's a combination of that Brett character, that mm. their strain's getting a bit more robust, or it's just that the... the the base of this beer is helping really bring that out, but it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. The botanicals really add to it as well. I, 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 think. I think so. I really like it. It's um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's nice and layered and complex. Um, but for seven and a half and a dark beer, it's really it's really quite easy drinking. It's um, yeah. Oh, did you see? Um, I don't have this on our run sheet. Uh, but the uh, I think the Finn Review did a article on craft beer today or oh, this really? week. Um, I think it was the Finn Review, and uh, they had a very interesting definition of craft beer. So this can go into our running segment of uh, <laughs> definitions <laughs> of craft beer. What is I'll, this week's definition I'll, uh, of craft beer? I'll just get it up for you. So, according to the AFR, craft beer is any brew that is perceived not to have come off a production line, brackets, even when in many instances it has. In its purest form, it's a drop that has been coaxed to life by a single master brewer. In a small brewery, in an artisanal, artisanal fashion, comes from a specific region, is big in flavour, and is produced only in small seasonal batches. As a category, craft beer is often described as sessionable, meaning it is brewed to be drunk in moderation, to be savoured. It's all about the slow. That is complete another nonsense, the whole thing. Um, I, I, I skipped something that's even more nonsense. Uh, yeah, go on. Technically speaking, the main difference between the two types of beers, a beer, so mass-produced and yeah. craft, is in the ingredients. Craft brewers shy away from using raw sugars in the fermentation process, whereas the big brewery, brewing companies tend to add them liberally to speed up the alcoholization process. Alcoholization it's process. It's the word they use. Nice one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's... There's probably more truth in that one sentence you left that one oh, section yeah. you left out than the rest of it, but um, I I mean, like they, it is very yeah. broad and yeah. Um, I do like that they they use the sessionable podcast definition of sessionable, <laughs> which is high alcohol, slow drinking, you know, yeah. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what to say with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've got uh, a bit more news to get through. This one's pretty cool. It's two kind of two items in one. Um, we've spoken a bit about the um, efforts by Anthony Albanese in particular uh, and some other politicians on both sides um, to show some support for the Darcy, industry. who's. Uh, running for election for mayor in the new inner west council yep. also very involved um and i think there's a uh, when um albanese put up a, a motion um to support the craft beer industry in parliament there was um bipartisanal support mm-hmm. uh and a lot of members were talking about the, the breweries that they love in their um local area which is uh, there wasn't a lot of members sitting in parliament when he talked about no. it <laughs> um but, about five on camera um, yeah. but to see like uh, a bipartisan thing nah, of people awesome. proud of the breweries yeah. in their in their local uh, electorate is uh, is pretty awesome, and um, it's a it's it's a it's a small step, um, but it's a kind of a key starting step. I think it hasn't happened before. I don't I don't think, think. so. Uh, um, I think um, there was a couple of years ago. I know Arkbar got a yeah. sort of something something through uh, via Tony Windsor. I yeah, think. it was a tax. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a one-off tax. A rebate or something, yeah, something like that. Um, uh, and that was that was pretty cool. It was uh, Tony Windsor and I think a few other, um, I think a politician from Tasmania, maybe, yeah, or South Australia, um, who were part of that. That was a long time ago. But this is the sort of I think the the first step in um, some well some well needed industry reform. Yeah, and I th- the main issues they talked about is really about tax, right? I think tax, and I think um, a corollary is um, uh, OHS as well. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's, this is a very important thing which we don't talk about a lot enough is the, due to taxation the way beers tax we're skewed towards 50 litre kegs yeah right or 49.5 whatever you to call it i mean you've worked in industry you've moved a fair bit of kegs around in your lifetime and my back is not happy with it yeah right? like back, basically um, it's... it's not a great thing to move like 50 litre kegs are not fun um and you think about You're talking about yeah. at least what 65 kilos for yeah. a full keg right they, if not more um, yeah and then the size of it it's just not a good thing no, they're, to, they're yeah. not they're not ergonomic at all uh they are they are um, I don't know anyone shapes. who's worked as a delivery driver or anything like that for a long time and is not you know, has a bad yeah. back or something like that. It's not good. No, it's not good. And uh, so the so the, yeah, so the, the tax reforms are kind of you know twofold uh, would help with that issue as well. And uh, the uh, the other part of um, sort of Albanese's support uh, was the formation of the Inner West Brewers Alliance. Was it? I think it's called or association association yeah yeah um made up of batch wayward drifter young henry's Henry's, um and willie the boatman and willie the boatman yeah to kind of and their their focus is to make the inner west sort of the craft beer capital of australia yeah which i think it's already it already has a um, a claim on it is um yeah yeah. it's got a claim on it i don't know if it is yet but it's uh it's getting there challenge you to name anywhere else where, right? which has a, a yeah. high concentration of breweries yeah. and uh which which is you know and uh, to have the the support of the local member and of darcy uh, yeah is fantastic yeah so um i think there's a lot that could be or there's a lot going on with those guys um it's very young days um there will be more breweries involved it's sort of that's the founding yep and I, th- my understanding is you need a minimum of five to start an associ- an organisation or association. Yep. And so that's they're so, the five yeah. who yeah, yeah. And, they're, and they're sort of the biggest five in the area as well, right? In terms of independent, yeah, groups. yeah. So and so I, I think a lot of there's their main tasks to start with is really about um, support with council and how yeah. how they're dealt with, with council because all five of them have different stipulations and yep. silly things which they is, have to deal with, Which is right? a bit ridiculous. Like, you know. Yeah, especially now that the council's all... They're all under one council yeah. now, yet they 
all have different rulings. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, I think, the real main focus. But there's a anywhere where you can have um, a group of breweries. And, like, look, we're talking about five, but, you know, in that same area, you've got um, Wildflower, you've got Bucket Boys, you've got uh, Staves and Glebe, you've got Filters looking in the area. Yeah, you've, you've there's got um, Source. Um, Black Font. Black Font. Um, there's a lot of other people who... Mm-hmm. Um, Akasha's in the... Uh, just, the in- just out. Oh, it's just out? Yeah, because they're Canada Bay Council. They're oh, okay. not part of the Inner West not Council. Staves isn't in, part of the Inner West Council. They're city of uh, Sydney. City, city, city yeah. Council. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, it's it's young days. Um, they had their first um, meeting or sort of information sessions with other people to get involved. So, yep. it'll be very interesting to see how that goes. Um, yeah, be very excited, you know, to see who who's involved and how that works out. Um, I think with the support they've got from Parliament as well, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, you know, this is our area. We live in the NOS. We're absolutely smack back in the middle of it. Um, so it'd be definitely something that, um, you know, I'll be supporting and getting involved with as well. So, yeah. Absolutely. 100% same. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a really, uh, it's a bit of watch this space. I think, I, I think yeah. so. Um, yeah. and I think a lot of, uh, a lot of sort of, uh, developments in the Australian industry are, cause we're, we are still such a young industry and we're, yeah. we're growing and, uh, there's always, it's always changing. Uh, yeah. So it's really exciting and I'll just wait to see what happens and I, nothing bad can come out of it as well. No, I can I, say it. So I it's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll take a break and yeah. we'll get the next beer. And I think so. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Cool. Sessionable. This episode of Sessionable is brought to you by Dave's Travel and Events Group, who provide a whole bunch of awesome beer-related services, including brewery tours, walking tours, and events packages. Dave now runs half- and full-day bus tours in Canberra, which means he can get a behind-the-scenes look at the ever-expanding beer landscape of the nation's capital. Check out info on that and more from Dave's at daves.com.au. All right, on with the show. And we're back. So we bought a new beer. Yep. We'll uh, talk about that a bit quickly. Sure. We've taken a little deviation from the dark beer theme. Yep. But um, I think this is one that sort of slipped under the radar. I don't think we've had it on the podcast. I don't think we've yet. talked about it, no. Um, we've talked about it even. This yeah. is um, the new... I guess it's new now. It's still new, right? It's released from, from Bolter Brewing, which is their Getting IPA. In. So it's the third beer in their in their range. Fourth. Fourth? The pills as well. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which course. is uh, crazy. Yeah. Because they, they still feel so How did they get so the four new. beers? I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, and this is so this is their IPA. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, I I really like it. So it's definitely got um some nice hop character in the nose. I got to be honest, I have had this beer before, but I've been just slinging it out of the can, so I haven't. Yeah, haven't had it in. Yeah. Haven't had a good good sniff of it yet. I've I've had. I just put my nose up to the glass, and, and it's, there uh, is a lot of there is a lot of hopper in there. There is. Yeah. It's um it's big. It's still quite. It still fits the Bolter ethos of being quite easy, approachable. Yeah. It's. Um. I mean, there is a lot of hop aroma, but it's not a big, big bitterness. It's, it's definitely hop prominent. Yeah. Um. And I think that's actually uh, sort of the the new trend in IPAs taken from the kind of the Vermont style is that lowering the bitterness a bit, a bit more, and kind of going for more for yeah. aroma and flavor. And that's. Um. I think that's only going to make IPA more approachable for yeah. everyone. Yeah. Because. Uh, we're hardwired to not enjoy bitter things, you know. Uh, oh, you not not I. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Geez. but humans. You know. <laughs> There's a, a little tidbit I learned at the Faults and Flavors thing. So yeah. there you go. Um, but that's that's something that you know the human palate doesn't like bitterness uh, to start with. We we do. Uh, yeah. But um, uh, it's a good way to get more people drinking IPA, I think. Um, and I, I, I mean, it's it's also a delicious beer. It's not it's, it's not great a great beer. I wouldn't yeah. call this like a gateway beer or a you know, it's just a good IPA. It's that next level, right? Yeah. It's that it's not the gateway, but it's not the pearly gates. It's the in the middle bit, I guess you could say. Like mm. it's that next stage where you've you've had your pills and you know and stuff like that, and you're starting to dabble into pale ales and a bit more hot character, and it's just sort of that next step yeah. up from there. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, an awesome beer. I got to say, having it at it in the glass and not just slugging it half cut out of the can does make a big mm. difference. And, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a very and and I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. It's a really just well made IPA. Uh, it's got all the characteristics of an IPA, but still approachable. Yeah, I think I've done a really good job with it. I, yeah, I completely agree. Out um, of the can, the color, it just yeah, yeah, it's good. yeah. It's and, and their their can design always just it, it makes me happy. That little smile, <laughs> you know, just, uh, I, I love it. Yeah. it's good. It's a, it's just a really nice design. So what else is going on in the news world and beer? Uh, we're talking time? about beer in tins. Um, Garage Project yeah. are now um, being served on Singapore Airlines. So, well, you know, I think it's Garage Projects have been leading the way in many things in beer, and not just styles, but, you know, we've talked... Distribution. Yeah, we've talked about the them being part of the alliance that serves beers at the Wellington fo- uh, football games, um, the Wellington FC. Yeah. Um, um, I think they also announced they're going to... They, they want to open a tap room in the States, um, which is pretty cool. Ah, I didn't know that. Well, um, definitely, they, they have a lot of traction in the States because mm. they get invited to, like, you know, the Firestone Walker Invitational, all those. Yeah. Um, not just straight up beer festivals, but they're more those curated ones. Um, and then, you know, Beer Camp by Sierra Nevada, which is insane. And that's been the first uh, Australian New Zealand brewery to, yeah, to be involved massive. with that, which is a massive deal. So, um, And Beer Camp this year is going to is going to Wellington. It is which for is Beer Vana. Yeah. Um, it's really funny because, um, you know, with Beer Week, you know, we are, you know, having chats with people in the States and um, was speaking to someone who works for a brewer's guild for one of the states and they were organising the beer camp stop in their state and it was I just sort of off the cuff and oh so yeah so when we're bringing beer camp to Sydney and she's like ah. and then like the next day they announced that it was <laughs> I was like oh damn it yeah. Um, yeah so Singapore Airlines um, are putting happy day or hoppy days hoppy days hoppy yep, days yep. Uh, cans of hoppy days on all flights to and from New Zealand that's awesome which is really cool um, you know what like um, if I was booking a flight and there was like within say a hundred dollars difference between a couple of different airlines I would pay the hundred bucks extra just even though I wouldn't drink a hundred bucks worth of beers just, no but like yeah it, it's if it, if it was an incomparable in flight yeah in price of a flight exactly. I would You'd make I would, that make yeah. that decision. It, it, it is something that influences your decision making as a craft conscious consumer um, ugh, it's that term yeah um <laughs> But you know what the most frustrating thing is? I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's such I a wanky term. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think that's, uh, again, it, it, it does go back to, we've had this discussion before about um, Garage Project, especially in stadiums and, and getting the beer into places which uh, traditionally you don't get good beer. Uh, you, 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 you're stuck with you the, the major options. Yeah. It, you shouldn't have to. No, exactly. we've, we've had this conversation many times. Many times. Um, it's just another thing, a garage project leading the charge and doing something awesome. It's not the first time an airline's done it. Um, I know Virgin Airlines in the States had 21st Amendment cans for a while. Yeah. And uh, Mikula's done... A cup, yeah, some... Yeah, you know, but the, look, it's just the, probably the first thing closest to home where... Yeah, the first kind yeah. of Southern Hemisphere, big big. Thing. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, if it's... Next, you want to see the, some other airlines taking suit, right? Exactly. So, uh, you, you know, hopefully um, nothing goes wrong with it uh, and that we can... You Why can, would it? Uh, exactly. And it and it sticks around and it does well for um, the airline and the brewery and we can start seeing that kind of come over to our airlines over here. Man, imagine like Bolter IPA or XPA... On a Qantas flight. On a Qantas flight. Yeah. Like, or like, yeah. you know, you're, you're flying uh, Jetstar around the country and you yeah. can, you know, you, you, you pay $10 for a can of, you know... Whatever, but yeah. like, fine. You know, on a flight, Man, I understand it's got to be expensive. It's... Um, every time, well, the few times I've been to Portland, Portland, Oregon, you end up flying Alaskan Airlines is one of the few airlines that goes yeah. into Portland, Oregon. And they serve bombers on the flight. What? They have, like, a, a beer of the day. I'm sure they don't call them 
bombers, though. Right? Not on a flight. They call them... Yeah. <laughs> but they basically... Um, they have, like, a, a beer of the flight, and they'll open up bombers. You don't get a whole bomber to yourself, but yeah, they'll, but pour, they, out, they'll well, pour out beers. That's really cool. And they have a rotating monthly list, and they pick one of them, and then on that flight, that's what they serve. That's awesome. That's a fun way to yeah. do it. Yeah. So, like, last time I was in the States, we were flying into Portland, and I was, like, on the very back of the plane. So I was right where they were getting the trolleys ready. <laughs> and they were, like, getting ready, like, oh, do you reckon this is going to be a wine flight or a beer flight? I'm like, trust me, it's going to be a beer flight. <laughs> but because I was at the back and I sort of made it known that I liked beer, they had like four like half bottles and in the end they're just like, do you want to take these? And just dumped them on a tray so I had to slug them straight yeah, out. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and um, on that same trip, we're, we, I flew Air New Zealand to the States and they have this whole interactive menu thing for their wines and you can just order on demand a glass of New Zealand wine. How good is that? Why can't that? Why be can't that? Be yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that that'd be so cool. I, that's you so can special. even order a case of wine to get shipped back to your home yeah. while you're on the flight. Like, well, yeah. um, exactly. And that that's you know you can tie it into the duty free thing, mm. right? Oh, you like that beer that you had on the flight? Get a six pack. Yeah. You pick it up at duty free when you land. I would. You know, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. So yeah. good on Gary's project. That's awesome. Yeah. So on some more international news, the Brewers Association in the US. Yes. Uh, they have just released the independent beer, independent brewers label, I think it is. I think seal. It's, it's a seal. It's like the certified independent beer thing to go on. on yeah. On so it, it looks like a um, an upside down beer bottle. It's the independent craft brewers seal. Is what yeah. it's called, and uh, so they're they're offering that for uh, independent brewers in the states to put on their packaging. To, so, to... does it cost money to have that? Do you have to pay? I'm assuming you have to pay the brewers, the BA. To... I I I'm not sure. I mean, I think you have to pay to be a member of the BA anyway, don't you? Yeah. Um. So I, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure if you have to pay extra for this. Oh yeah, well, I guess it'll be part of your membership. That's a good yeah. thing. But like, you know, um, we, we. I mean, I think it's it's awesome, and the more information we can give, give as long as it's... exactly. There's no but unless you do so and so, and it's just a clear definition. The BA yeah. is very clear in yeah. their definition. So, um, um, and, and what's also it, it, this says it's independent craft, and independent's the big word on the label, and craft is kind of smaller. Yeah. Um. So they're putting a focus on the ownership uh, and that, which is a uh, which is cut and dry, right? Like you, you know, you are either yeah. independent or not. Uh, uh, to a degree. To, to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's awesome. You know, we're, we're you know, especially when you know in Australia we have the uh, CIBA, which is now called the Independent Brewers Association. Yep. You know the Inner West, which is all about Inner West Brewers Association, was all about uh, you know local independent owned beer. Yeah, and there, I'm pretty sure there is bylaws, and they're about to be a member. You know, you to be to. a full member, you can't be. They have to be by, independent yeah. yep. and stuff like that as well. So, the language, you know, the world over is moving away from craft, which I like because. I, I'm a bit over the term. Yeah, same. It's um, this generation's boutique. Well, I think, I think um, as the as the um, the Finn review just showed us, craft means nothing, <laughs> no. right? Like independent means something. Independent has a definition. It's and, a clear definition. Yeah. Craft is it's murky. It's wishy washy. Whatever. What's also really interesting in the announcement for this, uh, there's just a throwaway line, and they've got a, there's a link to it and with some more information. But it's uh, as of January 2017, there are more than 5,300 operating breweries in the US. 99% of them are independent. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's awesome. It, it, I mean, yeah. it shows you the, the, the how huge the US yeah. scene is. But uh, if if we had something like that in Australia, I mean, I guess I don't want to like blow our own horns, but I guess we're a bit more educated than than some other consumers about who owns what. Yeah, but. Would that affect your decision if you had two two beers, your iron off in the bottle shop, and one of them had that stamp on it, and one didn't? Yep, um, it, it would. I, I it, it's it's the same thinking behind the the Australian made logo, right? Yeah, uh, and I think that does you know that does affect 
decision making by by consumers. Yeah. Um, and it's because it, if I if I can if there's a little seal on the beer that uh, means that that is a verified Australian independently owned brewery, then I'm more likely to buy that beer than the one that doesn't have. You it. know, if I was traveling, if I was in another country, and you want to you're buying beers to take home or something like that, or you just want beers for your hotel room, yeah. and you don't know enough about all the different breweries, that would definitely would that's a, something that's a that I would really look nice, at. yeah, because. Yeah. Because um, it's hard to be across all the beer news and and of who owns who and and it, we struggle and that's in already. Your own country. Exactly. Imagine when you go overseas, like, yeah, it's yeah. it's tough. Um, so that's uh, I I like it. I, I like the idea behind it. I think it's a really um, smart idea. I know it's like, and it'd be cool know, if, if the uh, Independent Brewers Association in Australia had something like it as well. I think. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, be against like, it. Yeah, I think anything that informs customers more is always a good thing, yeah. right? You know, the we're used to, you know, certified Trappist is a thing that happens, you know, yep. particularly in Europe, and people know that that beer is certified Trappist, you know what that means. So, the, like, it's not a notion that should be hard to people to comprehend. Yep. I think the, the, the design of their stamp is, I like it. is really good it's as really well. Nice. It's really nice. It's clear, it's simple. And it's not wanky, yeah. it's pretentious. It's a yeah. beer bottle that's upside down. Uh, and they have, their marketing speak when they said it, it's like, Craft brewers have been turning the beer world upside down. Oh, like, <laughs> that's, a, that's something you would write, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, you, I, you that's why I like it. I, it's, it's just cheesy enough for me. Yeah. Um, uh, no, overall, I think it's, it's an amazing thing. It's really yeah. cool. Um, our last piece of news is a bit of sad news. Um, Sounds good. Ended on, on a bit of a downer. Um, a friend of the show and good friend of ours, a good good, guy, good all-round guy, uh, Hendo from Brewcult, is uh, kind of shutting down Brewcult as a business. Uh, which is always um, upsetting when a brand you like is no more. Yeah, Hendo's been a guest on the podcast before. I think we've had many of his beers on the yep. podcast before. Um, and uh, you particularly probably gushed over most of them. I've I've I've, I've never hid my love for for Brew Cult yeah. beers, uh, particularly I, in the early episodes. Right when well, Hendo he, was really yeah when he was uh, churning yeah. some really um, really uh, cool seasonals out and. We won't kind of delve into it too much because it's a uh, you know it's it's not great news. But um, I mean on the on the positive side, Hendo's gone to work for Stone and Wood, which he seems very excited about, and I think is a great move. He's a very talented brewer and is all across the the technical side of brewing just as much as the creative side. So a place like Stone and Wood is a great fit, I think. Yeah, and like without going into the details of what happened, I think what is a really good positive out of a an un, a sad situation because. Everyone, I, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Hendo who's met him. It's a top bloke. Absolutely. Um, is that um, he's been really open about... About why, yeah. about his process. Um, about... There's an awesome article on Crafty Pint, which yep. is pretty much lays it all out in the line. We'll link um, that in the I ran into notes. Hendo a few times during Good Beer Week in Melbourne, and that you know was in May, and he was he told me everything that was happening yep. then. So he's, he's, Hendo's always been an awesome guy and always been a, such a, a great help to other people in the in the beer world, be them consumers, home brewers, other brewers. Um, and even, I love how even though Brew Colt for him is finishing up, he's still passing on that knowledge. I think that's really yeah. cool because we live in a world where craft, oh, I said craft, um, <laughs> independent breweries, this magical thing where people leave their, their boring day jobs and become these brewers and it's this dream success story and everyone works and everyone's making a million dollars and everyone's growing their, their brewery tenfold. And that's not the case. No. Um, and we, we don't hear these stories, even though it's really sad and unfortunate. It happens, man, and it's going to happen more and more. Like, yeah. um, I don't, I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bubble, but there is. I think there is a. The growth is going to slow down, and there's, you know, it's it's going to it's going to hurt some breweries and some people. Yeah. 
you know that we know and like and yeah and it's a it's a shame but um yeah I'd, i would recommend that article on crafty pine it is it is a it is a fantastic read and out i think people yeah. um on the fringes and consumers sometimes see this as being this dream job and so like literally you it's wake tough. up you know and it's it's We're, hard breweries are small businesses yeah. who have no cash and are you know yeah a, a, a going day by day and uh and yeah you know on the out you might tough. live you might for to, to on the the third person see that have this glorious life where you're at beer festivals every week and you're you know doing this and doing that it, it's yeah and so i think anything that shows the real side of it there's a lot of people who are like man i'm gonna open a brewery and it's gonna fix all my world problems it's gonna give you a lot of debt and a lot of other problems yeah exactly but you're doing something you love right well, and, a, and yeah, that's, that's, the, that's, the that's the balance so and it, yeah i think it's really awesome that he um hendo's come out and he's, and he's opened up everything that's happened and you know, from no matter where you are in the industry, you can learn something out of what he's talking about in that and every step of the way. So it's yeah. really cool. But um, sucks that we won't get to try more some uh, new brew cult yeah. beers. But we, Hendo is Hendo. He will exactly. Um, and uh, I think even before brew cult was a thing, I was tasting some of his homebrew and stuff. Like he was bringing that to some events and yeah, and like you know, yeah. like stuff like Hop Bazooka yeah. in Southern Bay and like yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, I'm actually really excited to see what if if uh, he gets a bit of free reign at Sternwood to do some stuff. Fun. That'd yeah. be really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, we'll take a quick break, finish these beers off, and come back with some recommendations. Let's do it. Sessionable. So right. we're, we're back on the dark beer train. We are. Um, this is the beer that I got in trouble for recommending twice. Um, <laughs> so I thought I'd. Uh, I thought so I'd... you can't recommend it. So you thought you'd bring it. So we. Have so to we talk still about talk it about it. Yeah. That's. Uh, no, you, you, you laugh, but I did say that to Adrian. Like that was that was my <laughs> that was my plan. The, the entire time. But you know what? I, I still haven't, as far as I know, haven't had this beer before. Yeah. And you've talked about it so much that... I've, I've hyped it up, right? Well, yeah. the thing is, I'm going to let you talk about it one more time. But now <laughs> I've had it, so it's done. It's, yeah, it's that's over. It. That's, it I, can't, I can't bring it up on the yeah. podcast again. Um, no. So this is the yeah the Barossa Valley Chocolate Coffee Sout. And uh, it's the first beer in years that I've bought a full case of. That's the the only review I need to give, basically. it's the. What is it about this beer that you love so much, Thomas? Um, I just find it, it it's it's rich. It's layered. It's, it's got, got a really lactose nice... lactose in it, does it? Um, I'm not sure if it's milk just the the nose it smells like you know like when you're in like in hong kong or something like that and you have those um nescafe cans yeah those milk milk coffee cans yeah. it smells like one of those yeah so it's got cocoa nibs and oh, maybe that's what i'm smelling yeah and um and roasted coffee from the barossa and it's just it's it's um, it's still really yeah still quite creamy maybe it's the cocoa nib but uh, yeah but it's 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 dark it's complex it's um it's got a bite to it that i really like it's pretty good beer and it's uh it's just a it's yeah it's a good i hate, it, I hate it when you're right but yeah that's a that's a good beer <laughs> well you taught me everything i know so not everything <laughs> yeah, it's got, yeah, it does have lactose in it there oh, it does yeah. yeah yeah so it is you know it is nice and creamy but it's not over it's not too sweet especially for a chocolate coffee stout which can often be very sweet it's got a nice bitterness to it it's got a nice balance it's a to really it really good beer it really, it really is it's like um yeah so i'm I, i'm glad you, you know like when you do, when you won't shut about something, I just my instant my first reaction is to hate it just because just because I like it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, we'll do some quick recommendations and then we'll wrap up. I'm we'll glad we with... did a full one each, actually. Yeah, yeah, um, the full can each. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I asked Liam if he wanted to split one can or add two cans cold, and he was like, "Well, let's go, let's go a full can each." Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll do our beer recommendations. First. Sure. Um, I'll uh, I'll keep with the theme of the dark beers that we've been doing. Awesome. Um, on the weekend, I had on tap, and I think it's a pretty rare keg. But if you can, and, and I'm probably a bit late on this because bottles, I think, are probably hard to find. The Mornington Old Pumping Station Shiraz Barrel Aged Imperial Stout is amazing. Yeah, I, uh, I loved it. I, you just reminded me because I've got a bottle 
tucked away behind a counter at a bottle shop that I that you need to go to pick up. Yeah. yeah. I've got one tucked away yeah. in my in my um uh, my cupboard, my my cellar, and uh, yeah, I've uh, so you had it a bit of few. I'm assuming had it, for their, had it a bit of few ones yeah. out for the um the their dark yeah um darker their, their dark beer festival, but you know everyone's doing a dark beer yeah, festival. Yeah, it's, it's that time right? of year. It's, yeah. it's, it was the solstice a few days ago, so mm. yeah. So that I've got was, to say, man, Mornington's barrel program is killing. They it, are right? killing it, uh, and and they've always the imperial stats have always been good. This to me is just takes their normal imperial stout and just like you know turns it up to eleven uh, in, in quality, not necessarily in, in how strong and boozy yeah. it is, but just in it's it's Shiraz barrel, barrel aged. Um, so it's tannic, but it's not like like too mouth puckeringly tannic. Well, it yeah, is, but... Mornington. Is, uh, so yeah. it's not even Mornington Pinot; it's Mornington Shiraz. So I'm, yeah. I'm totally sure it's Shiraz. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's and it's uh, just beautifully complex, complex and layered, and I loved it. It was yeah. Um, it was my pick of those dark beer taps, and awesome. there were some pretty amazing beers on tap there. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a, a yeah. You just yeah. I'm, I really hope that bottle's still behind that <laughs> said if mystery not, counter. If but not, yeah. in, a, in a couple of years, you can share the bottle I've got. Yeah, but I'm yeah. not cracking that for a while, especially now that I've tried it. Awesome. I'm gonna give it give it a. It's 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 a. It's got a cork in it, so I've laid it on its side and gonna let it yeah. let it sit for a few years. That's when you know it's good when yeah. it's got a cork in yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a wax seal. It doesn't oh, have a wax seal. I'm over wax yeah. seals. <laughs> I'm so over yeah, wax well, seals. I'm, I'm about. I'm bring on the band for wax seals as far as I'm concerned. Nothing against anyone who's got beers and wax seals. I just think they're a pain in the ass. Yeah, I agree. But um, my beer recommendations not actually a beer but a venue yeah cool I did a little trip and had a meeting with the guys at a Bankstown sports club with the basement brew house yesterday yeah the basement brew house dude yeah, yeah. dude it's legit it's insane yeah nice uh, Bankstown sports club in itself is insane and um yeah uh, and a, yeah awesome venue yeah yeah um they've got one of those Pico smart brew systems yeah, yeah, so, so can... yeah so I got to try some of their beers and they cover a few different styles they had an APA, which was pretty aggressively hopped. And yeah, the beers are good, but their pricing is insane. Yeah, um, yeah. everything's and, nice, like really approachable. And So not only do they do like, I think four or f- I think five of their own beers across different styles, but I think they, they really sort of have their own beers as the more approachable styles to get people in and saying yeah. that their APA was pretty legit. Yeah. But then they have an amazing tap list um, and it's an insane venue. Like it was, yeah, it blew me away. Yeah, nice. Um, but you're talking like seventeen dollar growler fills, and they've got a pagar system, so you can do takeaway growlers. And they're pricing across the board wow. is some of the cheapest pints of beer I have seen ever. I am going to go back and do a, <laughs> do a, a, yep. a, a, a session, a, a session there. Yep. It is, yeah, just man, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Awesome venue. And like it's like a mini Vegas style thing in Bankstown yeah. Sports Club without being super cheesy. But um the whole thing just like I had no idea how big it was. They got a bloody two story like children's playground. Yeah, like, wow. It's insane. Huge. But um but yeah, if you're at that area, seriously go check it out. It's an awesome place to drink. There's some takeaway growlers and I'm don't know how many other places around the bank center area you can get growlers yeah, yeah, from. Yeah, exactly. So but, um, it's, it's good that there's something around there now. Yeah, but their tap list is insane. Yeah, yeah. Have a look on on, on tap there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, but yeah. So that's that's my pick for for beer, beer reco. Yeah, dude. Nice. Out in the burbs, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's good, and that's what we need. We want we want more beer getting out outside the inner west, right? Like, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Non beer recommendations. Mm, um, you're gonna have to go I'll first. Go, I'll go, I already yeah. have one. Um, I'm just gonna recommend. Uh, I um a couple of months ago I bought a pressure cooker. I got I got a really I got a really nice one. I, I, mine's the Breville. Um, What's the model number? It's this. It's the Slow Pro. I think. 
Um, or the fast? No, it's the Breville Fast Slow Pro. Is it fast or is it slow? Which wh- which both. one is it? It's that's both. The, that's the beauty of it. Because you can you can use it as a slow cooker. But the, the beauty of a pressure cooker is it does what a slow cooker does, but in like no time. I want it now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So just as a as an example, I um it was my brother's birthday on the weekend, and I had to I ended up having to cater it. So I cooked pulled pork for eighty people, and I cooked eight kilos of pork shoulder beautifully, like it falling off. You know, just absolutely it shredded itself basically. Uh, and it's so you know the purists to me be like it's not on a smoker it's, it's not, not on a smoker man, but man. I, I don't have a smoker yeah. um, and I didn't need a smoker you could have come around to use mine I, I could have yeah. uh, it was a bit last minute but the beauty of this was I could do it last minute yeah and, and I just I just, it, it's uh, so you're saying you cooked uh, I, I, I did it in three batches but each batch of like three kilos was an hour that's insane. Uh, and um, just, yeah, it was, it was, it's so good. I've got some of the pork here if you want to taste as well. But, Might have to yeah, just yeah. do a bit of market research. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, it's not smoked, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it's it tasty. Is, it is tasty. And and I've, I've done a bunch of stuff in it. And I've, you know, it does a good so how did it go over? Had it go over on the everyone loved the party. Yeah, great. yeah. Little sliders. It. Yeah, smashed yeah. it. So um, can do a risotto. It can do a risotto. It can do have, you done a, really nice, well. have you done a nice stew for winter yet? Um, I haven't done a winter stew yet, but that's a that's a good idea. I'll put something in there. Yeah, uh, maybe like a caramelized onion soup or something. Yeah, I'll yeah. For me, it'd be big chunky vegetables yeah. like carrots, potatoes, yeah. that all, all that hunks stuff. of beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just recommend if you if you have a pressure cooker, get it out and put something in it and use it. If you don't, there are there are much cheaper ones than the one I've got. Mine, I got mine for a, a stupid price at a at a sale, but I, I've never seen it at that price since. Um, the fact that you know the price of pressure cookers alarms me, Thomas. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I, I, I did some research before getting yeah. it, and um, I'm very pleased with the, with the purchase. Uh, I, I did a, a fucking awesome pea and ham soup as well. That nice. Was, that was I'm a big fan of a good pea and ham soup. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I pressure cooker is a is a good. Uh, it's it, it's just a something that you know you can have in your kitchen, and it's a good multitasker. It's a, nice because you can slow cook it in as well if you want. You yeah, can, you can put something on for eight hours if you want. And just well, why would you when you can do it in an hour? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, do you have a non-beer? I do. You know what? I actually picked up the old PlayStation for the first time in a long time, and I've restarted playing GTA Five. GTA Five. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. I'm back in love with that game. I was never not in love with that game, but I think in the last like two weeks, I've pretty much just played whenever I've had a chance. Yeah, been playing GTA Five. Yeah, and nice. Yeah, such a good game. It, yeah, it's a you yeah, know, it, it's it's so good. Yeah, the um, Red Dead Redemption's looking like they're doing a sequel for that pretty soon as yeah, well, which cool. is pretty cool. Which, which will probably like, use the GTA Five like engine and stuff. I don't know. I'm not yeah. into that stuff. I just like playing cool games. Yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, you know, I've, I've after I, even though I've played the whole thing and I know exactly what's happening, it's still, still such st- a thoroughly still, enjoyable yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, nice. That's me. Might have to pick that back up. Yeah, do it. I recommend um, it. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Well, I think that uh, brings us to the close. Awesome. Sweet. So I got my darker days T-shirt in the mail today. Oh really? Yeah. Where's mine? <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we've got one last one, which we're going to give up as a as a prize. Yeah. Whoever wins the quiz on the bus. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll study up then. Well, yeah, you probably know half my questions anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to use the Cicerone thing, aren't you? No, yeah. I'm going to use the I'll start review ones. Okay. Well, <laughs> seeing as I write them. Well. <laughs> But um, yeah, next time you hear from us, will be um, the next podcast we'll be doing will which, be all about Darker Days Festival, which will be recorded on the way to and from and at the festival. Yeah, right? we'll That's be the plan. We'll, we'll do. It'll be a bit of a an all over fest of all over one. So yep. um, apologies, but it's going to be on the road. Yep. So we'll be um, doing some some recording on the way there when we're all bright and chirpy. Yep. 
and we'll make sure we do some on the way back when we're, when we're heading live. The opposite of Brighton yeah. Chirpy. All right, yeah. So I'm really, look, I'm stoked. I'm looking forward yep. to it. Um, and as always, big thanks to Dave's Travel and Events Group for sponsoring Sessionable. Yeah, you know, we, we had Wade on last week from Capital yep. and we talked a lot about the Canberra beers and the Canberra tour. Yep. Man, um, I was, you know, I think I said last, last week that I'd spent a bit of time in Canberra lately and... I am so excited about what's happening in Canberra at the moment. That tour is legit. Yeah, I'll um, have to do it. Yeah, when, it, yeah. Um, when I get a chance. Yeah, old Canberra Inn. Yeah, yeah. Such an awesome venue. Fantastic. Yeah, cool. Cool. Awesome. Um, well, we will, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you in Bright, I guess. Yeah, and if, yeah. You're, if you're going to be at Bright. Yeah, come, week, come say hi. Come um, say hi. We'll be, with those guys, we've got beards. Um, we'll be wearing some brewery t-shirts. Uh, you'll be able to find us. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, those, Just ask those yeah. guys at the beer festival with beards yeah. and brew t-shirts. If we have a ponytail, shake our hand. Yeah, yeah, sweet. <laughs> Alrighty, sessionable. Thanks for listening to today's episode, which has been brought to you by Dave's Travel and Events Group. If you're strapped for time because you've been listening to this podcast for too long, they've got a great new thing they're calling the Two by Two Evening Tour. Two of Sydney's best breweries in two hours, with loads of beer included, and a pub meal at the end just to seal the deal. It's excellent value and doesn't take up a lot of your time, so get amongst it. Hit up daves.com.au. See you later.